five loading one and two and effects two. Stepping out now, we're live at 60. Broussard trying to stagger free. Meanwhile, it's played along to him. Centering pass flagged down by Green. Played into traffic, though. Starting back up with a mouse. Martinez in a three on two. Clifford gave it across. It's held in a shot. It's a Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris, right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Today is Wednesday, and it is cold. Yes, it is cold up here in Michigan where I'm at, but warm probably where you at in other parts of the world. This show is brought to you by Western Michigan University. Go Broncos! Kazukoni. Kazukoni is also located at Western Michigan University down below at the Bernhardt Center. They have everything that you need on the menu that to your liking, including breakfast food. Kazukoni, home away from home. OMG Sweets. OMG Sweets has everything to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours, even at late night. You can check her out on her Facebook page and Instagram page at OMG Sweets. That's O H. E-double-M-G-double-E, Sweets. She also does catering, special catering orders for you. All you got to do is just go to that website and order that and get yours today. And our newest sponsor, Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop is also located near Western Michigan University at 3645 West Michigan Avenue here in Kalamazoo. They have everything from hookahs, vapes, glass pipes, CBDs, grinders, and e-liquids. They have the best prices in town for all of their accessories, including the e-liquids. You can follow them for their special weekly deals at Facebook and Instagram at Stay Glassy Kazoo. We have a jam-packed hour for you today. Yes, we do. We're going to be talking about Monday Night Football between the San Francisco 49ers Hosting the Seattle Seahawks, man, that was an enormous, great game. I think, in my opinion, that was one of the best games of the year thus far. And if you don't agree with me on that, or if you do agree with me with me on that, feel free to reach out to me and send me your opinions on Instagram at the Real Sean Harris, or you can go to Twitter at YJ Media you can also hook up with the show's Facebook page at the Scoop Talk Show. Reach out to me. Let me know what you think about Monday night's football game. Whether or not I was right or whether or not I was wrong. If that was not the game of the year thus far that we have seen, whether you heard it on the radio in your car or at home or versus you actually watched the game from any of your smart devices or your television. To me, I think that Seattle-San Francisco 49ers game was one of the best games that I've seen thus far this season. Also, we have 
on phone via former ESPN Philadelphia. Also, former host of the NBA Files, Kwame Fisher-Jones, will be joining me over the phone for this exclusive interview about him. We're going to be talking about his life and career in this industry, and also we're going to be talking about the 76ers with Ben Simmons and how the 76ers can make improvements on adjusting his game, as well as some serious talk about the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving and KD and the whole nine yards. So sit back, relax. We're going to be having a great time right here on the Scoop Talk Show with your boy Sean Harris. So let's get into it. The NFL. Yes, we're going to talk about the NFL to start out this segment. What can you say? That 49ers-Seattle Seahawks game, to me, like I said in the early opening of the show, was the best football game that I've seen so far this season. Now, I didn't get a chance to check on a lot of games in the first 11 weeks of the season. But this game on Monday night, man, hands down proven to me, I couldn't take my eyes off the television, and I'm quite sure you San Francisco 49er fans out there, as well as you Seattle Seahawks fans out there, could not remove your eyes for one second, not even to go to the bathroom to find out the, the chilling ending of how this game was going to turn out. You're talking about two prominent defenses going head-to-head. Both of them had it. You're talking about two prominent offenses going at it. They had it. It was up and down, up and down throughout the whole game. The whole game. And then when you start getting down to crunch time with it, it was really tough. Javani and Clowney, strip sack for a touchdown to in the second quarter to put Seattle on the board defensive-wise. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's doing his thing, and he's trying to make some magic happen to keep San Francisco in the lead or retake the lead after they've been down. Well, what can you say about the possible MVP, Russell Wilson, quarterback of Seattle, making magic happen as well, getting the ball where it needs to get to. His line is protecting him heavily. He's scrambling. He's running. So both of these offenses had tremendous amount of impact in their games on both sides of the football. Until this happened for San Francisco. 11 seconds. They have to clock it. 9 seconds. 7 seconds. And there they do it. 47-yarder to tie it. Six ticks remain. Pressure on the rookie. And boy, oh boy, does he deliver. Yes, the rookie made that field goal to tie the game up. To help San Francisco maintain their undefeated record at that moment. But then, this happened. 47-yard attempt to stay undefeated. Oh, he punched at it. And it had no chance at all. 
Yes. He had an opportunity to win that game within the two-minute time limit of the fourth quarter, and he missed it, hooked it wide to the left. So what that did, that gave Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks up under the leadership of Pete Carroll, who is known for coming back in games like this, this opportunity. Here comes pressure. Wilson escapes. Here goes Russ past midfield, inside the 40, and he makes magic again. Now they can manage things here. Jason Myers, does he have it in him again? And yes, you heard it, people. Right inside the right uprights, and Seattle win that football game in overtime, improving their record to eight and two. And there is no more undefeated teams in the NFL. The San Francisco 49ers was the last team to go undefeated heading to this week right here. They dropped to 9-1. Bringing the gap between them very, very tight for the NFC West division. So congratulations to the Seattle Seahawks. Congratulations to those Seahawks fans out there. Congratulations to those fantasy draft players who put these players in their fantasy picks and gained tremendous points out of this because, hey, that's what it's all about in the fantasy league is getting the right players drafted in your league to give you the best outcome so that you can win whatever you need to win. Seattle, 31, San Francisco, 24. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Up next is my main man, Kwame Fisher-Jones, via phone. Do not miss this exclusive interview that I have with this brother. We'll be right back. Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Be sure to catch 215 Live right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hello, everyone. Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Have you ever wondered about going to the store or something like that and you just not quite satisfied with what they have in the grocery stores or bakeries to satisfy that sweet tooth of yours? Well, I have the answer. Yes. OMG Sweets. Yes. OMG Sweets will provide everything you need for that sweet tooth of yours from anywhere from cakes to pies to different types of pastries to cupcakes, even handmade candy. Baked fresh and ready to order for your enjoyment. Yes, OMG Sweets provides everything you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours. You can find her on her Facebook page and also on Instagram at OMG Sweets. 
And also, did I forget to mention something? She also does personal catering to provide you with everything you need for a certain occasion of yours that you may have coming up or you're planning months ahead. Yes, OMG Sweets. You can contact her once again on her Instagram page and her Facebook page at OMG Sweets. That's O double H E double M G double E Sweets. OMG Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Place your order today. Hey, Kalamazoo, did you know there's a new smoke shop in town? Hey, I didn't either. But guess what it is? It's called Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Located by Western Michigan University campus, Stay Glassy has everything that you need to provide you with your smoking needs. They have hookahs, vapes, glass pipes, CBDs, grinders, and e-liquids. Also, Stay Glassy has the best prices on their glass pipes, CBDs, and much, much more. Also, they have a huge e-liquid sale while supplies last. Stay Glassy. You can follow them on their social media page for weekly deals at Facebook at Stay Glassy KZoo and also on Instagram at Stay Glassy KZoo. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Everything that you need to provide you with your smoking needs. Stay Glassy is located at 3645 West Michigan Avenue, Kalamazoo, Michigan, 49006. Go see Guri and the guys today. Welcome back to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris. This part of the segment of the show is brought to you by Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop has everything you need with CBDs, vapes, pens, whatever you want. They got it. They're located near Western Michigan University's campus right off of West Michigan. Go down there and see Guri and the guys today. And also, they have a special e-liquidation sale while supplies last. Stay glassy, smoke shop. Thank you so much for your patronage and sponsorship of the Scoop Talk Show. Now, everyone, joining me right now at this time. Yes, I have a brother of mine who we've been chatting up for a quite a long time now. A few years has been now. And we got to know one another over time. He is the former host of ESPN Radio out in Philadelphia. He is the former host and writer for the Bleacher Report. And he is also the former host of the NBA Files, covering the NBA. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to y'all my main man, Kwame Fisher-Jones. Hey, Kwame, how's it going? I'm well, man. What's happening? What's happening? 
Man, I'm man, I'm just so glad and elated to have you on the show. Have my audience, you know, tune in to uh, hear what you got to share with us. And uh, like I said, you know, I tell my audience all the time, I don't bring interesting guests, I bring interesting people. And my brother, over the times that we got to know each other, I find you to be one of the most interesting people that I had to have on my show for my audience to get to know a lot better. Yeah, man, I'm, I appreciate the kind words as well, man. It's, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while since we connected, so it's good to get back with you. Yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm elated about it. Um, it's an honor and a privilege on my end, you know, to get an opportunity to be able to sit down with you and talk with you, you know, because this is something that I always wanted to do with you, but never really got a chance to set it up. And here we are. Here we are. We we sitting down, we chatting, we talking, you know, and we finna get right on into it. We finna chop it up because I know jive is your thing. <laughs> One of many things. I, I, I speak jive fairly well, though. It is, it is a, uh, a natural dialect of mine. Right, but you know what, though? We gonna throw a little bit of it out there, but not too much from time to time during this interview because, you know, our, our younger artists may not understand what we going with it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So you know, even well, though younger cats, they, they'll catch up. They'll catch right, up. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So let's get right on into it. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, my audience, you know, would like to know more about you in regards of, you know, how did you get yourself into the world of media, doing what you was doing. You know, and, and I tell a lot about listening audience and people that I see each and every day is that, you know, bef when it's all said and done and, it's, and your life has been written, you, you already already have a story established to tell others to share with them on how you made it to where you got your start from to your advancement throughout. And when it's all said and done, you lived a great life in it. I loved it. I enjoyed it a lot. And 
Actually, that was why I returned back to school because I wanted to jump in with an NBA front office. I actually wanted to try to jump in with the Kings. You know, um, look at me. Luke Walton was a bad hire, and I felt like if I could get in now, right before they fired Vladi and fired Luke and brought in their new staff, I'd have an opportunity to stick with him. But, um, you know, it, the, the, the media side just keeps calling me, man. The radio and, 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 and writing still keeps calling me. So I think I'm actually going to jump back into that. They were that and, and, and do some writing with one of the newspapers out here. So I don't want to speak on it, but I'm going to speak it into existence. Yeah, I wanted to get back in an NBA front office because, you know, looking at NBA players, the analytics right now, a lot of people like to use numbers to try to cover up things that they can't see with their natural eyes. It's kind of like I like an analytics to like a, a recipe off Google. You know, if you can cook, you Google a recipe off Google, it's just like kind of, kind of like a little extra uh, a little extra help for you. You know, right, you don't right. need to measure, you know what I mean? You can eyeball pretty much. But if you can't cook, you go to Google, and that recipe gives you a step-by-step on how to make something. But in the end, it's always the person who's got the gift from God that makes it better. And that's, you know, scouting is one of those things. I was the first person that told people Markel Fultz was a player that the Sixers should stay away from. I had heard whispers that they were interested in him during the season because the Celtics were not. Uh, Isaiah Thomas was rolling at the time, and a lot of people didn't know that they had the Celtics already had people out, some of their uh, some of their site people out to talk to Fultz, because that's how Danny Ainge judges his players. He doesn't just judge them on what they do on the court, but he also kind of has them go through a psych evaluation where they talk to people so you can kind of see what they are and the inside, their motives and stuff. And they knew Fultz was wired in a way that they didn't want him. So it was whispers already out there that they were looking to move that pick. And Phoenix kind of kicked on the door for a little bit, but the Sixers jumped in on him. But I, I was one of the first people that told them, stay away from Fultz. Go with Fox. The Air Fox was the guy you needed. And all they kept talking about was this guy can't shoot, this guy can't shoot. Here we are three years later, and the Air Fox is one of the best young players in the league, and Fultz can't even get off the bench <laughs> behind a former Sixer, MCW. So, you know, it, it's... It's just having that, that, that eye that people can't see, you know, thing, picking, picking things up. You know, I, I love that part. Of, I love that part of the game. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right because, you know, that, that is so important that, you know, once you see something uh, or, or have a instinct about a player, especially working in the front office department, you know, of, of a team that you're working for and they don't see that and they overlooking, you know, your insights of, whatever it is that you know about it, whether it's neither here or there of how you found out about that information on that individual, that's that's crucial. That's crucial to a ball club because if you're if you're banking on this person to be your first round draft pick, especially that, you're risking a lot. Think about Fultz, man, using him specifically as an example. I watched about four I watched four of his games. Washington State, obviously UCLA and two other games. And the one thing I noticed in those four games, I never saw this dude get in a defensive stand. Not once. I saw a coach who was known in Lenzo Ramar, Ramar to uh, have a pretty good, to put out pretty good pro players. He was a good defensive coach. And he had to run zone because he couldn't get this dude folks to stand up and play man-to-man defense. And all his highlights, every highlight package you see of Markel Fultz, you never see him jump into a passing lane. 
You never see him stand up and get a steal. Everything's a weak side block. No competitive play. When you're drafting the guy first overall, you got to have – because he may not be the best scorer in the draft. He may not be the best shooter in the draft. But he's got to give – he's got to be one of the best players in the draft. And that's not what Fultz was. Now, obviously, I didn't know the, uh, the um, Donovan Mitchell was as good as he – would turn out as good as he did. And, you know, obviously, Jason Tatum has had a good run. But even when you go a little further back in the NB draft, when they got searched, I wanted them to go with Zach Levine. I wanted them to go to Zach Levine or Marcus Smart. You know, I wasn't a big and Beans fan because centers don't get healthy over time. Here we are years later, and what's the knock going to be? Health. And the people question if he has the, uh, you know, I don't want to, I'll never call a black man lazy. But, they, you know, question if he, if he makes enough hustle plays for them to be a true championship contender. Right. Well, you know, that, that's, that's things that you can watch. And you don't need a calculator for You don't need a fancy formula for it. You can look at those things, and if you if you got that eye, you can see it. Right. And that's something that that got me see and got me in a lot of circles, and and allowed me to elevate through this game is, is being able to see things and being having the courage to come out and say what may be an unpopular opinion. Right. For those of you who are just tuning in, I am Sean Harris, host of the Scoop Talk Show, right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Right now, sitting down with me via phone interview is none other. Man himself, Kwame Fisher-Jones, former ESPN host, former Bleacher Report writer, former host of his show that he used to host was the NBA Files. And we're sitting down currently talking with him in regards of how he made it into the business, what he went through to get where he at today. And we're currently talking about things of his opinionation of what is happening as far as the front office is concerned and how they can adjust and make changes to players that they looking for potentially in draft of the first round beyond to see what kind of quality player, player excuse me, that they can acquire. Now, I know Ben Simmons has been talked about since last year with the Philadelphia 76ers. He don't have a jumper. He decent defensive-wise. He... <laughs> Right, and, and, and he's somewhat of a scorer, but at the same time, he get tedious when it comes to scoring when he needs to score. What is your take on Ben Simmons in the league right now and what he can make changes to get himself A-rated in a lot of these people's eyes, particularly the 76ers fans? Because I understand that his style of play was key and crucial on, in a way, them not advancing to the finals against Milwaukee. Yeah, well, the thing with Simmons, the first, the first thing they have to do is they need to get a player development department. And the Sixers, this is the first year they've had a true group of individuals to work with Ben Simmons. Um, the year before last year, or the last year, which he had his brother who was on the staff, and you know, any year before that, they really didn't have anybody. But Ben Simmons is not a natural. First, let me say this. Let me let me let me preface my comment with saying I'm a Ben Simmons fan, and I appreciate the the things that he brings to the game. What he said, he's an R defensive player. He's actually better than an R defensive player. He's one of the best on the ball defensive players in the game. 
Um, he doesn't get a lot of blocks or steals because he doesn't gamble, which is the true sign of a good defensive player. He also has a high basketball IQ, and he's great going downhill. The problem with Ben Simmons is he's not a point guard. He has that point guard instinct. And one of the things that drives me crazy, bugs still out of me, is because a guy can pass for his size, people automatically want to say he's a point guard. Ben Simmons is a, is a great, he's a tremendous passer for a 6'10 player. He's not a tremendous passer for a point guard. He doesn't have point guard instincts. And the Sixers would be better served putting, running, you know, I'm aiming myself here, but I don't know if you remember the old Princeton offense that Chris yeah. Weber kind of made famous. Yeah. Sacramento, where you had, a, you had a lead guard who could get his own shot and who could create. But when you were looking to run an offense, the guard would bring the ball up and give it to Chris Weber in the high post. And then they would run the offense through him rather than have Weber bring the ball up. That's the type of offense the Sixers need. Now, going back to Ben Simmons. It's not so much a jump shot. He needs some sort of offensive game. The problem is, again, he doesn't have offensive instinct. It, it, they like it. You hear a lot of comparisons to Magic Johnson. And it's a fair comparison because with Magic, Magic was always on the fast break. And the reason why Magic was always in the fast break is because Magic struggled in the half court. And what got Magic through through the years was a set shot. That's, the, that's what Magic Johnson added to his game. He became a, a much better free throw shooter, and he had a, a set shot. Kind of like a shot put shot. Yeah, yeah, exa- what, yeah you're exactly right, because when I was a ball boy for the L.A. Lakers back in the, in the Showtime days, Magic didn't have no ability to shoot the ball. Like you said, Magic was always controlling things on the fast break. So Magic what did they surround Magic Johnson with? Yeah. What, did they, what did they always have on the court? Next to Magic Johnson, an athletic wing who could finish at the like rim. Like a Worthy. Why did they? Or somebody exactly. like that. Even, even before Worthy, they had Cooper. Yep, Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper yep. was an athletic wing. You throw Byron Scott in there. And, 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 you know, they had players who could finish at the rim. That way you couldn't. One of the biggest misnomers you and, and when someone tells you that, you know, you need a shooter to create space, you can walk away from that conversation because shooters don't create space. I mean, and then, scores and then, create space. And then, and then we could we could take that scenario a little bit back from the back. They had Bob McAdoo. Yeah, Bob McAdoo coming off the bench, exactly. And you know, shooters, and, and that's one of the things that drives me crazy. And then going back to the analytical crowd, they talk about shooters. Shooters create space. Shooters, that's not true. Shooters don't create space because with shooters, you can guard space because you know where they're going to be. Scores. Guys that move without the ball create space because you have to follow them. You have to watch them. That's why LeBron James always flourishes with a guy who can score with the ball, a guy who can, um, or a guy who can break defense down by himself. If, if they always say he's surrounded. He's got to have shooters. No, he's got to have a guy next to him who can get his own shot, whether it be Dwayne Wade or Kyrie Irving. That's what makes LeBron so special because then he tilts the defense another way. But going back to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has got to develop some sort of offensive repertoire, and it starts with something that's simple. You know what he needs? He needs an old black coach. He needs an old black man to sit on the bench. I'm serious. A Lionel Hollins, a 60-something, or, or even, it doesn't have to be a black coach. It's just an old coach, like Michael Jordan at Tex Winters. Yeah. Right? And you know what old coaches do? They hammer down the fundamentals. So Ben Simmons comes down like he always does on the fast breaks and stops and turns around, 
that old coach will get up and start screaming at him. And throughout the game, he'll scream at him about it time and time again so he'll, so he'll stop doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, yeah, you right about that because when you when you thought when when you brought up an old coach, I thought of Jack Ramsey. Yeah. I thought I thought I thought of a, a, a Rudy T. Um, you, you know, uh, uh, even you know, even bring back Lenny Wilkins. Um, yeah, I, I thought of old coaches like that. Yeah, they, and, and it can't be your head coach because your head coach has got too many other things you've got to worry about. It's got to be an assistant designated to help Ben grow. That's what's going to make Ben Simmons a better offensive player. He, he needs repeti- uh, repetition, and he needs somebody that can focus solely on his fundamentals. And he can't be a guy that worries about trying to shoot a jump shot. He's got to worry about getting to spots on the floor where he feels comfortable. He can't worry about shooting a... a um, a 15-foot jump shot. That's not going to help him. He can't worry about that. He's got to worry about getting to the to the to the little block because that's where he can get to. It. That's where he's comfortable. And that's where he can finish. Get to the top of the rim. That's where he can finish. Get to the top of the key. Get to the elbow. That's where it starts with him. But the problem with that is the Sixers don't have anybody that does that. Mm-hmm. You know, they finally got Elton Brand in the building, and then there's rumors that Elton Brand wanted to trade him, probably because centering around Joel Embiid, which I'll get to when you ask me. But with Ben Simmons, man, you've got so much God-given ability. But when Jerry West had a great quote, talent, oh, coaching only matters when you have talent. And the Sixers don't have the right coaching for Ben Simmons, but he still looks like the same rookie that came in two years ago. Or, or yeah, was it two years ago? Still looks like the same rookie still trying to figure out his time. And he's not a point guard. You can't have a 6'10 guy being your, initiating your offense who doesn't have any offensive instinct. Right, right. You know, you're exactly right with that because from what I took out of watching Ben Simmons last year and versus what a lot of people had said about him, uh, we're talking about ESPN, we're talking about Fox Sports 1, um, you name it, they out there gossiping about it, trying to preach what they call the gospel about what they know about this young man. And when I saw some of the games last year with the Sixers going into the playoffs, I didn't see the same thing that they talked about. I, I really didn't. You know, I didn't see that he had some, you know, situation going on with him the way he can't play at the height where he's expected to play, you know, coming out of the, the, the top area where he got drafted in and, and, and he's, you know, not going to last long as a sixer. And I didn't see none of that. I saw a young man that was out there playing the best of what he know how to play, like you said, up under what type of coaching style that they had him under. And it was just not it was just not productive enough for the Sixers to get past a juggernaut in Milwaukee with Giannis at the helm. It just wasn't enough. You know, one of the things that helps Giannis right now is the fact that he's got a coach in Boomholzer. Uh, focuses on um, getting out of some situations where he's comfortable. And, and, and then, and I, I don't know what I don't know what the issue is with the Sixers. I mean, you had the issue with Colangelo and, and and those things. And let me, let me be abundantly clear: Ben Simmons is a talent. Even with all the holes offensively, he's still, in my opinion, one of the top twenty-five players in the NBA. You know, and he, he just the ceiling. The, what's it, the roof is the ceiling, is that what Mike said? The roof is the ceiling, right. the roof is the ceiling, something like that. Right. But he's still got an opportunity to be special. But 
look, man, you know, until they, until they put the right instruments around him, a right band around him, he'll never be able to play that perfect tune. And it's sad because I was watching the game, you know, I'm, 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 uh, everyone's telling me, and, and I know you didn't ask me about it, B, but I got to throw this out there. I'm watching the game last night, and I'm watching him be against the Joker. And I'm watching the Joker just kind of rope-a-dope this dude all game. And the Sixers are up by 20. And Joker's barely get put any effort in there because he's out of shape, you know. And But the last five minutes, he played indeed about as, 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 as bad as I've seen a player with that type of athletic ability to take. Play. He hits the game-winning shot because he steps out because why? He knows Embiid isn't going to come out and guard him. He knows Embiid likes to play hero ball. So he's going to chase the pick and roll, which he did, and left Joker wide open. They tried to make a switch and put Horford on him, but all, all Joker did, all uh, Joker did, was come back and switch right back and get a beat on him. And then he dates him beat to an offensive foul, and the Sixers lose the game. And all I hear is about how Embiid wants to be defensive player of the year, how he wants to be MVP. He can't win a game without Ben Simmons. Yeah. Which is sad because everyone talks about what Ben can't do, but Ben wins eventually without Embiid. They went on a 15-game winning streak. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before without Embiid. They, they routed the Nets without Embiid. But you can't, if you're Elton Brand, there's no way you can convince management to let you move Joel. You, there's no way they'll let you do that. So you're stuck with two players and, and, and basically a beat between the post and the point. Because yeah. they don't fit. Right. Ben likes to run. Ben is at his best when he's running. And Ben is at his best when he's walking. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, he, right. Exactly. He doesn't, and, and B doesn't move. A lot of times, Ben will get that ball and he'll be gone. And he'll turn around and, and he's looking back. And we're still waiting for B to get off half court. He likes to shoot that trail free. And they say, oh, it's because Ben Simmons doesn't give him any space. He shoots that sucker when Ben ain't even in the game or when Ben's not playing. That's what he does. He does that because he's out of shape. You know, why is he out of shape? Because he's got bad knees. Why is he got bad knees? Because he's overweight. It's all, you know, it's all connected. Right. So it, it, it's frustrating because you would love to see Ben personally. I would love to see Ben flourish. But you, like, you put him alongside a, a Devin Booker or a, a, a player who can get up and down and run like an Anthony Davis. You'll see a completely different Ben Simmons. You'll see a guy that would look better offensively, and you'd see a much more polished offensive player. Right. Because now, he would be able to play in his element. Yeah, exactly. Now, another, another thing that, you know, I want your opinion on is about the battle for L.A. Who's the better team? Lakers, Clippers, Lakers. Um, Lakers. you know, uh, you out there, and, 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 and you see everything that's happening out there. Um, you got the top four of the top ten players in the league today on both of these teams. You got A.D., LeBron, you got Paul George, and you got Kawhi Leonard. Now, the first game, the first matchup between the two, you know, Lakers, you know, looked it pretty good against them. But in the end, the Clippers, you know, came out with the win. In your opinion, who do you think, will really take the battle of L.A. for this season, you know, will it be the L.A. Lakers with LeBron and A.D., or will it be Kawhi and Paul George with the Clippers? Well, 
Because the pedigree is on the side of the Lakers, you know, all up and down from the head coaching roster all the way to the players roster and even on the bench. So the pedigree is on the Lakers side, you know, on this this battle for Los Angeles on who is the better team, you know, whether it be the Lakers or the Clippers. You know, do you think with Toronto that fellow Compton High alum? Like myself, DeMar DeRozan, did they, did he get cheated out of winning the title in Toronto with that trade? <laughs> no. I, I always wanted to ask somebody that because I, I reached out to to DeMar uh, 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 some time ago, and um, you know just you know wished him the best after he got knocked out with San Antonio and all. And then seeing the Toronto Raptors go on to win the NBA title with Kawhi Leonard, and I'm just, and I sent him a, a beloved letter on his on his Facebook page because I've been knowing Demar uh, for quite a long time, 
and we both Compton High School alums. I've always wanted to ask somebody that question. Do you think that he could have actually won a championship in Toronto if he didn't get traded? No, because the price to win a championship cost them. Everything in life costs. And the price for that championship was a guy who kind of ushered them past the nobody wants to be here phase. I mean, before DeMar DeRozan, Vince Carter bailed on them. Chris Bosh bailed on them, Tracy McGrady bailed on them, David Stoudemire bailed on them, Marcus Camby bailed on them. You know, these are all players that said they didn't want to be there anymore. DeMar had an opportunity to leave and decided, no, I want to stay. And in the end, is DeMar DeRozan a better player than Kawhi Leonard? No. So if you've got an opportunity to upgrade and you got a chance to really win in your division, or actually winning your conference because I, when you look at Giannis and you look at Bulldozer, they're a regular season team. Bulldozer's success in Atlanta was all regular season. They would usually make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, semis, or whatever, but they wouldn't make it over the hump because to win a championship, you gotta have a guy who can make a play. Maybe not necessarily get a bucket, but they can get a stop. They can, you know, get a steal. They can make a shot, do something, make a play. And Boone doesn't seem to uh, put his guys in position to do that. You know, he puts them in position to be successful, but to freelance and allow their instincts to take over, that's not really his strong suit. And as far as DeMar is concerned, going back to your question specifically, no, because he was the price that, that they had to pay to win a title. Everything in life cost. Everything. Got it. There's nothing in life that you can get without having to give. And in order for them to get a title, they had to give DeMar. So that's just, you know, they, it's, and DeMar landed on his feet. I mean, he went to San Antonio. They had a chance. You know, it's not like, um, it's not like they sent him to Charlotte. (laughs) 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 got a chance to compete. No, no, they they couldn't send him to Philly. Right. I'd love to see DeMar in Philly. You know, it, it, it probably won't happen, but I'd love to see DeMar in Philly. You know, he's a guy that, that on the right team can, and he's coming up in free agency this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he is. Yes, so he's he, got an opportunity. Yeah, he is. He, he may wind up in L.A. Yeah. He's he may wind up in L.A. Don't be, don't be surprised if he winds up in Lakers purple and gold. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I know you, I know you got some things to do, and we gonna. I'm gonna ask you one more question, and, and, and for my listening audience to, that's that's tuning in, you're listening to Kwame Fisher Jones, former host of ESPN out in Philly, a host of uh, the the NBA, former host of the NBA Files, and also former writer of the Bleacher Report, and we're talking about his opinions about certain players in the NBA. And where they could make adjustments to, and what was happening around the leagues from last year going into this year. And I got one more question for you, my brother, and I'm gonna let you go. Golden State Warriors injuries to Curry, Thompson's out for the year. Um, they had let a lot of players go. Draymond Green is now beginning to show his frustrations. With what's happening with this team, is this dynasty over? <laughs> yeah, 
there's a version of the Dynasty Dover, but I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to say, that's a great question, man. That's, that's a great question. Here's the thing, and I'm not going to get along with it, I'm not going to hold you, but here's the thing. It hit me, I had to piss me, that the Golden State Warriors were rebuilding last year. They, the moment Clay Thompson went down, they decided that this year was going to be a rebuilding year. So when they traded for D'Angelo Russell, they knew they were rebuilding. They were not expecting to be a playoff team. They put everything out there to say that they were, but they knew they weren't going to be a playoff team. They knew within the organization that it was very, um, it was more likely that Steph would be hurt than he would be healthy. And they knew when they drafted Pascal that they were drafting Draymond Green's replacement. But in order for them to trade Draymond Green, they needed to have him under contract because most people would not take Draymond if he had an out in contract. Why would you give up anything of value if you knew Draymond could walk? So they made some very astute moves. I'm not ready to say that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson cannot compete for another championship. The reason why is if Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars come back with Grant Hill, the Detroit Pistons can compete for another title. Right. Isaiah tears his Achilles, decides he doesn't want to rehab, and Detroit is, i.e., done. But Steph Curry isn't going to turn around and say he doesn't want to rehab. He's going into the twilight. He's going into, he's exiting his prime. Especially, he's got probably another year left in his prime. Clay's probably got another two to three years left being a high, high value, a high productive player. I don't think he's going to be the player he was before he got hurt, but it'll be, depending on who they get, whether it be in the draft or via trade, you add Pascal, which had that guy from Nova, you add Steph Curry, and you add Clay Thompson, and a question mark, whoever they get, this team may be able to compete for another title. Because Houston's going to blow up. That, 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 that facade of a GM that they have in Darren Moore is going to eventually... Eventually, someone is going to go on TV and call it out for what it is. The dude doesn't know basketball. He doesn't know basketball. Well, he admitted it. In all, in, in, in all his years, this man has never drafted an all-star. Forget making a, an NBA Finals, which he's never done. Forget for, forget um, drafting and developing uh, all uh, drafting or developing a good player. He's never drafted an all-star. All right, he made a trade for James Harden, which essentially has made his career. But nobody, and I was a James Harden fan coming out of Arizona State. I remember getting into it with Doug Gottlieb saying, I thought Harden did the player, Gottlieb said he wouldn't be. He got, I don't want to say he got lucky in that trade, but Harden wanted to go be, he wanted to go lead his own team. It wasn't about money, Harden wanted to be the face of his own team. He goes to Houston. He takes off, but let's not forget, Dwight Howard happened in Houston. Kevin McHale happened in Houston. Bernie Bickerstaff happened in Houston. Chris Paul happened in Houston, all under Daryl Moore's watch. So Houston is about to blow up in a major way. And I like Russell Westbrook, but that's, that's not going to work with Mike D'Antoni as the head coach. Ask Kobe Bryant, he'll tell you all about it. Oh, yeah. So Houston oh, yeah. is going to be taking a turn. Oh, yeah. Look at that. You got the Lakers, you got the Clippers, and maybe Portland, who's going to be making a move soon to get rid of CJ McCullough probably in the next year. 
I can't say any of those teams will be that much better than Golden State. So is that window closed? I wouldn't say it's closed. Is it closing? Eh. But I will give you this. I'll give you this nugget before I go. Golden State will make more playoffs in the next five years than the Brooklyn Nets will with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Oh, Write wow. that down. Wow. Write you know, that down. Let me, let me grab a pen and a piece of paper right now because, uh, oh, wow, uh, man. You said that they will make more down. appearances than KD and Kyrie? And in the next five years, yes. Oh, wow. I don't think the Brooklyn Nets are going to make the playoffs this year. Barring it, things as they're going right now, Blake Griffin can come back and play 60 games for Detroit. I don't think, I don't think Brooklyn makes the playoffs this year. Because Miami's going to make it. Detroit's going to make it. Philly's going to be there. Milwaukee's going to be there. Uh, Boston's going to be there. Who is my sleeper? Boston is actually my sleeper finals pick. The Pacers will be there. And I know I'm forgetting a couple of teams. Brooklyn's going to be fighting it out for oh, the yeah, end. Because, and, yeah, yeah, because they're going to have uh, Oladipo back. Indiana. Yeah, and Kyrie was, with all due respect, his people's in the media, well, his family in the media, well, a lot of people don't know. That's why Kyrie doesn't get ripped like he should because there's a lot of family ties back there. With all due respect, before LeBron James, Kyrie was losing 60 games a year. Not 30. Not 40, not 50, but 60. Boston struggled with Kyrie. Yes, they did. There's a yes, reason for did. that. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And yeah. if you look right now, I'm pretty sure Brooklyn's under 500. Yeah, they are. So you just, they are. Just, yeah, I, I know. Just keep that little nugget. <laughs> so I don't think Brooklyn makes the cross this year. And I gave you that one. I'm going to give you one more. Next year. Trey Young will have Kyrie Irving starting spot in the All-Star game. Y'all, look, y'all hearing this first, people. My man Kwame, he, that he ain't no joke. He is not no joke. Y'all hearing this exclusively, right here on the School Talk Show on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Y'all take note of that. Keep that in mind. Keep that in the back of your head and understand that if this projects to be the way it is, this brother put it out there before anybody else did it, and he did it on my show. Not ESPN, <laughs> not Fox, not what, Spotify, Streamline, not none of that. Right here on the Scoop Talk Show, because right here on the Scoop Talk Show, we bring the scoop, the whole scoop, and nothing but the scoop. And that's what we're all about. I don't bring interesting guests, people. I bring interesting people. And you're hearing it right here first. My man Kwame Fisher, Jones. Pleasure to have you, my brother. Thank you for the invite, man. We got to do it again. Man, you know what? You were so in-depth with this, I got to have you back during the season. Oh, no doubt. I need to have you back to give out those predictions of <laughs> whatever needs to be predicted on and, and, and where players are rising to, percentage of where players are falling at. Got to have you throughout the show, throughout the season. No doubt. And remember, injuries change everything. Right. Barring any unforeseen injuries, I do not see the Brooklyn Nets making the playoffs this year. And I guarantee you Trey Young will have Kyrie Irving's starting spot in the All-Star game next year. Hey. And Golden State will make more playoff appearances than those Brooklyn Nets in the next five years. 
I got no problem saying that because I know what KD was before he got to Golden State, and I know what Kyrie was before he got to, before he got LeBron. Hey. Those things haven't changed. You are who you are in this world. There you have it, people. There you have it, my main man. Love you, brother Kwame Fisher Jones. I love you, my brother. And uh, we got to definitely chop it up. You know what I'm saying? Rapid taste. See, that's that job y'all don't know nothing about. And, and, and turn a couple of corners. See, they don't know nothing about that neither. Throughout the NBA season. No doubt, man. No doubt, man. Thanks for having me, man. You have a good one. Oh, yeah, you too. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Hills, right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. show with Sean Harris each and every Wednesdays right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Don't miss it. Welcome back. Well, that's all I got for today's show. I would like to thank my special guest, Kwame Fisher-Jones, for joining me here on the show today. Thank you, my brother. Hope to see you soon and talk with you and give your analysis and opinions on throughout this NBA season. It's going to be extraordinary. It's going to be great. Also, I would like to thank my supporters, Western Michigan University, Go Broncos. Also, I would like to also thank... Keizu Coney. Keizu Coney is located at the Bernhardt Center at Western Michigan University's campus down below. They have great food, great service. Keizu Coney, home away from home. Also, I would like to give a special shout-out to OMG Sweets. OMG Sweets have everything to sweeten your sweet tooth, even in that midnight hour. She has everything from cakes to pies to pastries to cupcakes to cookies. You can also give special orders out. All you got to do is just go on her website on Instagram and Facebook at OMG Sweets. That's O E M G E Sweets. Oh, what a healthy treat. Also, I would like to give a special shout out as well to Stay Glassy. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop located near Western Michigan University campus. All you got to do is go to their Instagram page and their Facebook page at Stay Glassy K and also, I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for joining in each and every week to the Scoop Talk Show because without you, this show would not be possible. 
I'm out of here like the breeze to the trees. When I'm going, I'm taking all of these. Peace, take care, love one another. I'll see you next time.